Right, where would you like to start? <laughs> um, well, we could come at this from many angles. We need to tackle the complete disaster that was the Adria tour. And I think it's fair enough in saying that it, it pretty much went as badly as could have possibly we could have possibly imagined. Uh, whereabouts we start with that colossal disaster, I don't know. Now, we should say that we were due to record this morning because... And we'll talk about this later, but you've got actual work later and I have night before birthday preparations to do later. But then we heard the news that Novak Djokovic was going to be tested back in Belgrade. We're going to get the result. There'll be some kind of statement. And it was worth waiting for that statement. Yes, (laughs) it was worth waiting because we found out that he is positive, as is his wife, Yelena, which is not necessarily that surprising considering everything that was going on, the people he was spending the time with. Um, He seems to say that he has no symptoms right now uh, and released a statement, um, I mean, generally apologising that people got corona, I guess. That, that was that was what he was saying. I mean, the first look we should both say at this stage is we wish everyone well and a speedy recovery. We don't want anyone, no one wants anyone to be ill with what is an awful, awful illness. Yeah, I mean, when, when we got the first positive test from Grigor Dimitrov, I mean, we really did not want anybody else to be te- be testing positive. We really hoped that, I mean, we were talking about it at the time, that hopefully he was kind of out of action quick enough, but then... He wasn't because he was playing and he wasn't <laughs> feeling very well, clearly. Um, and yeah, and then the travel as well. People who you could say more than likely had it. Like Dimitrov knew he was feeling unwell. He opted to fist bump his opponent and the umpire rather than shake their hands like he had been through the rest of the week because he thought there probably, well, I assume he thought there probably was a pretty good chance that he had it and then still travelled home to Monaco And Djokovic still travelled to Belgrade when everybody he had been around for the past two, not everybody, but a lot of people were were testing positive. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, look, last week we were saying it's not a good look. It seems very unnecessary. And the way it was just, there was nothing to do with social distancing or any measures in whatsoever. It was just a completely normal tournament with nightclub celebrations and hugging and and interviews within the crowd and all sorts. You know, we had a packed crowd. It was just an absolutely, completely normal tournament in a very, very abnormal time. And there were massive question marks over it. And it shows that we can't do that right now. We just can't because this is what happened. And I know Djokovic was saying that in Serbia, it was all legal. They green, they gave the green light to everything and their cases were low. But he wasn't thinking about the fact that players were flying in from all over the world, including a couple from America, where there are a high number of cases. So, and also the tour would then travel around. I mean, there was there was so much wrong with the event that we and we discussed all of this last week. Like none of this is a new topic or a new opinion from us at all um, in light of the positive tests. But um, yeah, just. It's completely different to the other exhibitions that we've seen, which have had strict measures in place and have been held in one place with players of that nation who have not been flying in. And they seem to have been a relative success. There was a reason why the tours are shut down. There is a reason why people the world over have been in lockdown, are being shielded, cannot go out. And yet in front of us was an exhibition. It was a tour because they were making various stops. We should say they've now 
cancelled or postponed the rest of the tour. They want to do it at a later date. It was a normal tour in very abnormal times. And despite, as Novak Djokovic said at, at one point, that Serbian numbers were low, they still had the one metre rule. So they still had distancing rules in place. And here you had, as you said, fans. I think a lot of it made a lot of people uneasy. And I did see a comment from someone saying, why are people gloating that people are sick? And I think it's worth saying that, uh, I maybe there's some people are, but we are not gloating that people got ill. You don't want people to be ill. It, there is a little bit of I told you so, because how could an event like this at these times not result in what is happening now? And that is positive coronavirus. So it was just head scratchingly weird and naive that this could happen. And And I think for me, Yes, there was the kids' day, the basketball, the, the, the football, the fans going crazy. But it was the nightclub. Because they say coronavirus, you know, you, outside, it is harder to transmit it outside. It is more difficult. It's still possible. But they were in a nightclub, a hot, sweaty nightclub. They were all topless, the men, dancing together. It just, and what, if, if all of those other things made sense to someone, how could someone not have said, you know what, I either don't want to be a part of this or we definitely shouldn't be doing this at this time? Yeah, I mean, I, I go back to my original point is that it just was a colossal disaster. It had the attitude of trying to get away with it. Like, what can we get away with? So I understand that things were okayed from the government, but like initially they sold a thousand tickets for a stadium that held a much higher capacity. So you could have had spacing uh, and then because they sold a thousand tickets so quickly they went back to the government and then they ended up selling another thousand tickets and they ended up filling up the stadium so uh, for me that's you know that's at least pushing and pushing for for things to be to be changed and and look and let's let's be honest here we know that this unfortunately this pandemic is you know it has been politicized in an awful lot of countries around the world and the serbian elections were on sunday and they had been postponed from april already so you can kind of understand them wanting to be relaxed and the whole vibe of everything is good and, and that sort of thing and saying yeah sure just go for it let's just show everybody that we're totally back to normal and we haven't had a problem and this government has smashed it and, and that sort of thing of course you can understand that as well I'm not saying that's 100% of the reason but that is a factor to 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 put into it and uh, it's just I mean there are two things really I think that come out of it one it's feels like a massive step backwards for tennis and I'm hoping that an event like Battle of the Brits this week that is trying to do everything properly can at least show everybody that tennis can happen we can get back to it um because the, you know we don't want this to jeopardize the rest of the tour um but then on the other side it, it does really show unfortunately with people getting ill because we wanted to prevent this but it shows that we were right to stop the tour when it, well in a lot of cases, we had no choice, but there's a reason for it. And we are right to put in all of these precautions moving forward and for the US Open to have so many rules and to be so stringent with things because, you know, this is these are people's lives. And OK, we've got the tests back from players and coaches and the support teams. But what about the crowd that were there? What about the ball kids they were around? What about their parents or grandparents that they might live with? What about the tournament organisers, the volunteers, everybody that's traditionally involved in a tournament? They don't have access to the testing like the players can. They can get them in five minutes. They just phone somebody, they come and do it. So we don't know 
I mean, it, surely if it's if it spread that much between themselves, it must have spread to other people in the nightclub. It must have spread to other people at the tournaments. There's just there's no way. This is a highly infectious disease. It's more infectious than the flu. That's the point. Um, and so we just we don't know how far that chain goes. Uh, and with so many of them getting it, there must be other people that we don't know because they're not famous tennis players. Um, <laughs> but that could be really affected by this. Can I read a couple of messages? from my friend i will leave her nameless she did say feel free to quote me when i said can i use this in our podcast today and i will edit them because maybe we shouldn't use all the words that are mentioned in these messages um so she she, not very complimentary about novak djokovic and then say but to be honest i feel the same about all those tennis players and that needless tournament what arrogant behavior to go out clubbing and stuff Honestly, sorry, end of rant, but it wasn't the end of the rant because it continued. Well, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) he's been griping about not being able to have all his entourage with him at the US Open and how that's not fair. And then he goes and destroys his own argument with showing the reality of what happens when you don't follow the guidelines. And that message was ended. And feel free to quote me. Yeah, that's something that I do quite a lot as well. I say, okay, enough now. I, I won't do it anymore. And then two seconds later, <laughs> and another thing. I just got to tell you. But that, but that's true. He wants a he wants a a bigger entourage. This is why the U.S. Open have restricted things as they have. They've even given in a little bit by saying, well, maybe you can have two or three, and then that's gone down to other people, the wheelchair players, the junior players, saying, well, maybe that's why our tournament's not taking place because the US Open have now opened things up so the top players, so the players in the main draw can take more people with them. But now we're seeing why you need to keep the numbers down because if you just add people willy-nilly, this is what could possibly happen. And as you touched on there, it is so infectious. Novak Djokovic, his wife also tested positive, but they say their children are negative. I think Viktor Troitsky isn't his pregnant wife. She tested positive for it. And again, we wish everybody well who has the coronavirus, whether they're asymptomatic or not. But you just cannot be taking risks. And it just felt they took an awful lot. How damaging do you think this is? Firstly, to tennis. And you've already said, look, you hope it doesn't set tennis back. But how damaging to tennis and how damaging to Djokovic? I think that when it comes to the sports, look, we're not the only sport that's had athletes test positive. We're not the only sport that's had athletes test positive at events uh, or in training situations. And and these stories are coming up from everywhere. So in a sense, that's not abnormal. The abnormal thing is, is that I've not seen a single other event that has taken zero precautions, absolutely no precautions, except possibly very recently in New Zealand, I think they played a rugby match because they had absolutely zero cases there uh, for some time, even though there's, they're still being very tight on quarantine and that sort of thing. But anyway, that's a totally different situation. They're the only country who can say they're in that situation. I'm totally on board with to get to where we want to be and to be back on tour and to get life not back to normal, because I don't think that's going to happen for a long time, but back to moving back to going again and and think the cogs are turning we do have to take some calculated risks like i think the battle of the brits tournament this week is a a calculated risk they've you know there is a risk that coronavirus could appear there and and be passed around but they've done everything they possibly can to reduce that and that if it did turn up that nobody else would get it um and that's kind of what happened in golf one golfer 
got it, but it didn't spread around to other people because they were, I mean, there was some criticism saying that they were a bit loose with the rules, but it was nothing (laughs) in comparison to what we saw out on the Adria tour. So that's the really difficult bit and that you really have to lay the responsibility at Djokovic. And it's been very disappointing as well that even after things started to go wrong and we got the positive test that he then didn't act correctly. I found it bizarre that he didn't come out onto the court to tell the fans that the match was cancelled. He left it up to his coach, Goran, to take the booze from everybody. Who He was like, why are you booing me? It's nothing to do with me. Uh, and his brother went out. And really, it's I think it should have been Novak to go out and say, look, you know, this is this is cancelled. But he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to get tested straight away. He wanted to fly home first so that he could then be at home if he tested positive so that he could quarantine. And, and OK, you can argue they did the right thing in cancelling the remainder of the event. But I just feel like, OK, the actions were poor and misguided up to the positive test from Dimitrov, but then even afterwards, it just wasn't up to par. It just wasn't up to the responsibility level that he should have. Um, And I think this is incredibly damaging for Djokovic. And we've already had some calls from some players saying that he should be removed from player council. We've got Nick Kyrgios being the voice of reason, everybody. Hold tight. (laughs) What on earth is going on? But he basically tweeted today, and this this is probably the tweet that I actually appreciated the most which was him saying kind of the next time you want to tell me that I'm irresponsible and I'm not a good role model you can shove it because because I'm of course I'm just making up a lot of these words this is the general idea no no no, I've 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 actually actually brought it up it was it was um a video again of of the nightclub which shows a a topless Zverev and Djokovic etc etc dancing away and Nick Kyrgios has retweeted that and put prayers up to all the players that have contracted COVID-19, but don't at me for anything I've done that has been irresponsible or classified as stupidity because this takes the cake. It does. It takes the cake. I mean, you can argue that Kyrgios hasn't been the best role model in the world and, and that kids look up to him and he should behave better. And we've heard that rhetoric for years. And as I've mentioned before, I personally don't really buy into that because... It's up to a point, as long as you're not putting people at risk, as long as you're not breaking rules, as long as you're not kind of causing harm and damage to the sport or to your fellow competitors, which I don't think Kyrgios has ever done, then I feel like it's kind of fine if he wants to act not in the best possible, most professional Roger Federer way. But this is totally different. This is putting people at risk. This is putting fans at risk. This is putting the sport at risk, the rest of the tour at risk. And all for what? It's just, it just seems, um, just seems extraordinary, really. I, I just, I can't believe how quickly we got into this position. And, and I know that most people, including us, were saying, Look, there's a good chance this could happen. Um, but I think, I don't know. I kind of felt like, look, they're probably going to get away with it. But I just don't like that idea of trying to get away with something. I'd much rather you're kind of just trying to do the right thing and put on an event like we've seen these other events done in the right way. And it was it was interesting yesterday when the reaction that was coming through from the players was so immediate. I think Bruno Suarez, you touched on about the, the player council. He's from Brazil where at the moment they have the highest 
daily numbers of I mean, it's horrible at the moment how coronavirus is taking hold in Brazil. So he was tweeting saying, this is irresponsible. This is ridiculous. How can you be doing this? I think not only how can you be holding a tournament with no precautions, but even how can you be showing to have be having such fun and having such a great time when this is such a difficult time around the world. I know there's an element of Novak Djokovic saying, yes, but we we were giving back. It was a charity. People were so happy to be there and to see us there. But but it, it's, it's more than where they were. This is what's happening around the world. And people are suffering and continuing to suffer from the coronavirus. It just felt also just bad timing and what they were doing and how they were doing it. And I don't see any positives... I don't see any positives to come out of this at all from from any part of it. And I think the Nick Kyrgios and the Bruno Suarez and, and the other players quick to come out and say, look, we wish everyone well that was ill. But this is this is ridiculous. You don't fly people in from around the world and welcome them off. I mean, they were filming everything, hugging players as they stepped off private jets onto the onto the airstrip. And I mean, it. It, they had everything laid on. They had everything prepared. They just hadn't thought about, I just don't get. And someone like Novak Djokovic has so many people around him, agents, advisors. Surely, 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 was there not someone, or maybe no one is able to tell him what to do. Was there not someone saying, hang on a second, will this look good? Is this the right time to be doing that? There is plenty of years when he retires to hold tournaments in the Balkans and to hold tournaments at his tennis club. This just, I just don't understand how you can get it so catastrophically wrong. We touched on a lot of this last week before the positive cases which were Grigor Dimitrov, Borna Cioric now, Novak Djokovic his wife Viktor Troisky, some members of their entourages we know that Sasha Zverev and Andrei Rublev have come out and Marin Cilic have come out and say that we tasted, tested negative but we're still going to we're still going to self-isolate for a couple of weeks but something that shocked me after our podcast last week it didn't shock you as much, I think I'm a little bit more sensitive, was we were attacked can I call it an attack we were attacked <laughs> <Not> really <laughs> it felt like an attack <laughs> right. we I had my first experience of being I'm just going to stay with attacked of being attacked by the hardened portion of the Novak Djokovic fan club yeah I know they've 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 done some good work recently but they're rather quiet this week and and really I listened back I just thought you know what, I'm going to listen they were saying things like this is terrible this is ridiculous Djokovic etc so I listened back and it's nothing I wouldn't say again in that Novak Djokovic is a divisive character. Personally, I go from this way to that way in terms of how I feel about him at any one time. Also that he's had a really mixed lockdown. This was before the coronavirus outbreak at his tournament with the the path that he's taking and the, and the guy and talk, turning, what is it, bad water into good water with positive vibes and all this. And you were talking about his responsibility, etc. But they, they really went at it. I mean, they they could see and probably still cannot see any wrong in anything that he's done, which is, it's amazing. I think firstly, 
is a couple of people on Twitter talking absolute nonsense. So they like, were quite, I mean, I don't. They were quite nasty. Yeah, but I'm they, very but sensitive. They're just people. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sure they're not listening again this week. And if they are, I don't really want them to listen because they're just pretty rude <laughs> and abusive on Twitter for no reason. So, like, just go away. It's fine. It's only a couple of people. It, w- it may shock our listeners to know that we have more than a couple of listeners. <laughs> our numbers are actually a little bit higher than that. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. It's. I think it's. I think it's fine. I know it was kind of a little bit more aimed at you than than me, but it was complete nonsense. It was completely ridiculous. And I genuinely think they confused us because I think it was what you said oh, do you think? <laughs> but they were just they were just coming at me I was like whoa and then I spoke to um, a friend of ours Nick McCarville and he'd said something on Twitter about the Adria tour like we've all been saying like are we really witnessing what we are witnessing this is crazy and he said that he had a sort of volley of abuse from similar people in the sort of the hardcore section of, of the Novak <laughs> Djokovic fan club and maybe it's a rite of passage I don't know maybe everyone has to go through this at some time but um yeah I don't think they'll be with us this week but it was if you're not if you're not getting abused on Twitter you're not doing it right as far as I'm concerned that's what Twitter's for I have something to tell you that I think links in quite nicely with all of this at the weekend I went for a coronavirus antibody test oh okay oh yes because you think you've had it I I hadn't been that interested in taking one because I felt pretty sure I had had it and there were two or three doctors that said this is textbook, you've definitely had it. Then a friend of mine went to a private clinic to have this test done and she came back positive. So she came back positive for both sets of antibodies, but she had she had never she had no experience of any illness at all. So not one minute of one day had she felt ill and yet mm. she was she had both sets of antibodies present. So I thought I've got to do this because when I talk to you, still when I talk to you, I say, when I had it, I think I've had it. I haven't been. I'm always sort of justified. I'm, I don't know. Have I? Did I? So I went along and it's a, a pinprick test. So they take blood from the finger. I'm a little bit squeamish, but it's a little bit painful. And for anyone who has seen or who has done a pregnancy test, it's basically that. You sit staring at a little stick, <laughs> waiting. It takes about 15 minutes. And you wait for lines to appear. And and during this time, there's kind of polite chit-chat between the lady who was conducting it, myself and my other half. And she was saying, now, don't be surprised if one of you is positive, one of you is negative. We've had lots of cases like that. Don't be surprised if you think you've had it and you haven't had it. It just means your antibodies aren't strong enough. And so you're sitting, I'm sort of rocking in my chair, <laughs> thinking, thinking what's going to happen. And and I can reveal that I was positive for both sets of antibodies. I don't know whether to celebrate this news or not. Is this good news? Is it bad news? Is it news? <laughs> it's For me, it was validation. Now, I can now tell you I have 100% had coronavirus. Okay. Oh, and the other thing was, Madhav, he was negative. Oh, interesting. But when she saw my delight, <laughs> she immediately said to me, this doesn't mean that you can go out partying. Which I wasn't planning on doing. And there be no one to party with. And there's no one to <laughs> Just party for you with. and the Andrea tour lot. <laughs> and you can't go around hugging people. And I said, of course, I wasn't going to do that. Because she said, we just don't know enough about it yet. We don't know how long it's going to last. So she is telling someone who's confirmed to have had it to be careful. And then it was interesting for me then watching the Adria tour unfold after this. So I'm someone who's had it. 
still being careful, still only doing what's necessary. And there's a bunch of people, whether they've had it or not, they should still not be taking the risks. Yep. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it doesn't matter if, if Sasha's rev, he thought he'd had it. If he'd been tested and he had have it, he should still not be taking the risks at the Adria tour at a, at a time like this. I think that's what got me quite angry. And also that the risks of this illness and, you know, I had it to a degree that it was difficult and it was unpleasant and it was scary, but I was able to keep it under control. But it was still an awful time. And you don't want to wish that on anybody. So why would you go out and put yourself in a situation when it is still present to possibly contract it or to give it to other people? Well, yeah, I mean, every every illness is different, right? Something like the chickenpox, once you get it. I think it's like 96% of people have immunity against it for life. The antibodies are formed and, you know, we've, we've done... Uh, there were some episodes, weren't there, on chickenpox parties quite a while ago that I think we did. Oh, yes, yes. And if anyone's dealing with children with chickenpox, just put them in a bath with head and shoulder shampoo. <laughs> um, but then something <laughs> like uh, the flu, we're only immune for about a year because we have to get flu jabs every single year if you're somebody who is vulnerable towards getting the flu. Also, the flu changes. We don't know. Coronavirus might change. It might morph into something different. You don't know. And the antibodies might not protect you. Something like the cold. I think the common cold, you are immune for like a couple of weeks, barely anything at all because you can pick up another cold uh, a little bit later on. So everything has... Uh, a different level of immunity attached and we just don't really know where this one sits because also this is going to go on for a really long time say it was similar to a flu and you had immunity for a year well this time in february march next year it's still probably going to be around you might be able to get it again sorry putting a bit of a downer on your <laughs> your positive <laughs> antibody test. your face is kind of like wait what <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know that that might be a a possibility who knows so Absolutely. you just you just have uh we, we just don't know so but I, I i don't understand somebody I, I think i can't remember i think it was courtney Nguyen posted a tweet basically saying what news have these players been digesting because they are smart worldly well-traveled superstars with lots of money they're not desperate to work like some people who are on minimum wage and low-paid jobs are desperate to they have to work because they're going under and they have to put themselves at risk they're not on the front line they are sports entertainers they are multi-millionaires who could just sit at home and wait interesting if he goes to if we have the US Open, what happens there? Because the media are not on site, but there will be questions asked. There'll be press conferences. There will be... He, he surely has to realise this This was wrong. On Even if he didn't at the time, he must now surely, hopefully realise that on so many levels, so many levels, this was wrong. It's, it's... But I do get that it came from a good place. Like, I, I, I recognise that. And I said that last week. I can understand what he's trying to do. But... They've tried to do that in the UK. We've got Battle of the Brits going on as we speak. They, they've tried to put on an event so that it, it gives entertainment for people to watch on TV. There's live tennis. It's safe and the players get to compete. They've done everything that they possibly can to make it safe. I mean, I could probably list 50 ways that they have tried to make it safe, which the Adria Tour did not. And like... So I can see what he was trying to do, but like everybody's trying to do that. I, I really hope that Battle of the Brits particularly shows that it can be done. And look, we've seen at the Ultimate Tennis Showdown in the south of France, if you're, if you're working on it, 
you stay there for the whole thing despite it only being at weekends. Everyone is sitting apart. There are no fans there. Dominic team, we should say, who's travelling all over the shop with his exhibitions has been, I think, tested... <laughs> Back to normal. To, <laughs> what else would we expect? To, to, nothing's going to stop team. But he's been tested two or three times they, and they've all been negative. Yes, some will still question the fact that he is hopping around to all these different exhibitions, but his tests so far have been negative. But they seem to be doing the right things. Do you remember at the very beginning of tennis resuming in America, there was that tennis court in the middle of a field? Yeah. Very odd. It was the, it was the <laughs> weirdest thing. There was a cow. I remember the cow was the only spectator, and it was genuinely in the middle of a field that the two players would would wander out. They'd touch rackets. There was no fist bumping or anything like that. They'd play in the middle of this field with the cow watching, and then they'd leave. You know, all precautions were taken. You know, they did it. They got back on the court. They played competitively. But these are the kind of, these are not normal times. These are the measures you have to take. I, I just don't get, and I know I feel like a broken record now, how they thought that in these times they could hold a normal, and it wasn't just an exhibition, it was a tour. It was a, it was a full-on travelling circus of a tour. I just think it's... But isn't it, but isn't it so strange that... I mean, Djokovic, he's just so contradictory. And, like, this is what we were saying last week is that, you know, he does one thing and you kind of think, oh, okay. And then another thing you think, what on earth is he doing? Yeah. Some of the stuff that he's done through this period has been fantastic. So he was trying to raise money yeah. for... Um, coronavirus relief efforts and he already donated a huge amount of money through the the Djokovic foundation that went and it was it did really good job of kind of educating uh, kids about coronavirus and social distancing and at the beginning he was taking it very seriously um he like he did this player relief fund as well to try and drum up some money for the lower ranked players like all of these things that he didn't need to do but he was clearly doing yeah. because he thought they were the right thing and now I kind of question did something dramatically change like did he kind of read a piece of information and he just decided that actually none of this is really necessary and we can just continue as normal or was the first bit just for face and just to do because he thought that this will make me look good I don't know I mean I don't I don't I have no idea but it's just so unbelievably contradictory that he went from where he was a couple of months ago to putting on this Adria tour. Was he do you think was he worried about being forgotten about? Do you know what I mean? Because these tennis players, every week there's somewhere else, there's press, there's photo shoots, especially when you're at his level. And initially there were he did a few insta lives with other players. I'm talking before he sort of did his sort of health and well being bits and pieces. But was this I don't know, did did was he worried that people would forget about him and suddenly there's this big old shiny singing dancing tour at his tennis club his brother's a tournament director it's all a, it's sort of all about Djokovic in some way as well as raising money I don't know was it something as simple as that that he, he didn't like the quietness that that surrounded this time it's it's just genuinely very confusing like I, I honestly don't have any answers like I'm, I'm raising those questions say like and, and like you're saying for that as a question is that why I, like, I just I can't even imagine how that has happened. Something's not right. You can't go from having that opinion and being that strong at the beginning to then going completely to the other end of the spectrum and being like, it's fine. We just fly people in from all over the world, have a full crowd. Who cares? Like, we just play normally. It's just very strange that he went from that to that. I just, I don't know what changed. I don't know why it changed. I don't know what he was really trying to get out of it. It's just... 
uh, yeah, very bizarre. We would we'd love people's thoughts. So Instagram through our website tennispodcast.com, Twitter. Let us know if if you've had any or what thoughts you've had on this. I'm sure the fallout's going to continue. Can I, on a brighter note, can I recognise a very special anniversary? Oh, okay. Oh, yes. It's our anniversary. Is it? That wasn't it. <laughs> Nearly? No, I think we're a couple of weeks away from our I anniversary. think you've gone a little bit early on our anniversary. No, no, we are. Remember, it was Eastbourne. Eastbourne is this week, or should be this week. Yes, but we didn't, but we didn't put the first one out to Wimbledon, did we? No. We gave it a go in Eastbourne, and I think it was a bit of a disaster because it, didn't we get locked in a box and yeah, it was a bit windy and it was a bit... So that anniversary is to come, but there is a different anniversary. Ten years ago today, a match began at 6.13pm at Wimbledon on Court 18, and it would finish two or three days later. <laughs> yes. Quite Nicola Mahu, John Isner, 70. 68 there's been little bits and pieces on social media of Mahu sort of sending messages to John Isner but that is it makes me smile just thinking about it just it was uh, it the likes of which we will never see again no it will never ever happen again and I remember after the match John Isner said this will never happen again and I thought I wouldn't be so sure there's a couple of big giants in the game coming through and uh, (laughs) you know I I was uh, wondering about that but now definitely it won't happen again unless there's a rule change it's can't yeah, oh no it can't. can happen at Ron Garros to be fair it can right yeah 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 it could do but I just it just it just won't because <laughs> people get too tired on the clay there's a plaque there's a can you imagine that gone for about a week there was a plaque on there's now a plaque on court 18 at Wimbledon that was look, to be a part of it to be there to not go to the toilet for nine and a half hours they are just happy happy memories maybe not the toilet part but it was it was all part of of the drama and how those two players lasted for as long as they did and I just remember at the end when there was the presentation on court and you just you know you just don't want to be there you're you're Nicola Mahu you've lost this epic you want to be anywhere but, but there's a presentation and they're still taking photos by the scoreboard and they're sort of holding each other up yeah it was just want to sit down just just give us a chair let's do a sat down presentation but I, he I did struggle to smile Mahu didn't he at the end to be fair well, I mean, the, the pain that must have been mental and physical pain by that point and but then you, he went and played doubles Yes, he did. But I like that. The commitment to his partner. Commitment to his partner wanted to get it. And John is lost in the next round, didn't he? Well, shock. Because yes. <laughs> he couldn't move. Probably couldn't do I much mean, at all, to be fair. That was, but I wanted to... I, I knew that today was largely going to be an understanding about the coronavirus, yeah. the adjutor and Novak Djokovic. But I just wanted to mark a positive anniversary on the tennis calendar um and we, this is weird normally we have not not similar well, kind of similar ish sort of calendars but we've got a very the rest of our day today we're recording this on tuesday afternoon the rest of our day couldn't be more different if it tried well yes so i've got uh, battle of the brits rocking and rolling i'm not starting until sort of the later matches uh, so we'll be in uh, a few hours, but we'll be commentating on Andy Murray against Liam Brody. So that'll be fun. I did. Do you know what? I never thought I would be this excited about an exhibition. And it's not. <laughs> I mean, normally I'm excited about exhibitions, but you know, it's like it's like if you're a player, you're not going to be as nervous about an exhibition than you are of a semi final at Wimbledon, for example. It's kind yep. of a similar yep. thing. Um, just I'm just so ridiculously excited. <laughs> I just I hope the level of tennis is good because we've seen some rusty sport 
around the past couple of weeks as sport has got underway. <laughs> um, but hopefully uh, it will be it'll, it'll be great. Well, it, it will be anyway. Even if it's terrible, I'll be saying, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> this is incredible. And remember, with no crowds, you're really going to have to give it some because you are creating the atmosphere. Yeah, well, I think with tennis... I hope the standard won't drop so much because it's different to say football where the footballers are kind of used to a 40,000, 50,000 crowd kind of as standard. It must be quite extraordinary to go and play with nothing when it's, I mean, because that's, I mean, that's a lot of people. I mean, tennis players are kind of used to occasionally having not a lot of people in the stands unless you are Roger Federer of course who hasn't even practiced with no one there for an awfully long time <laughs> but uh, yeah I think for the tennis players it's it's not such a big deal and I have hours of making cupcakes ahead of me um, oh, I want a cupcake because this is the eve of the twins birthday mm. yesterday the, the bikes were completed Actually, it wasn't actually as bad as I thought it would be building them. I mean, I hope they're going to stay together. They don't all collapse when they get on them. But <laughs> they they look... Just blame the boys. So you were riding it wrong. Yeah, so yeah, well, definitely, well, definitely screwed that on tight enough. Definitely. So they are done. But this evening, it's all the wrapping the presents. It's a typical Christmas Eve job, you know, when you don't wrap anything up night before, get everything yep. done. Uh, blowing up balloons, which I, I'm not sure how that's going to go at the moment but we're, we're gonna there's a couple of us gonna my other half and I are gonna blow up some balloons and get that all ready uh making lots of cupcakes sorting everything out so we, we have so exciting I but, want the cupcakes but so much I can I can listen to you while cooking so that we'll kind of be together like that I will oh, okay I will tune in while I'm baking send me pictures of the cupcakes I will do I've That'll had little going I've had little things made with their names on, on for oh. the top of the cupcakes Oh, they're going to so, have a great time. Yeah, I think they're Come excited. On, they're getting bikes. So they, cool. They keep saying our birthday's tomorrow. And we keep saying, no, I think it's next month. <laughs> and, and one of them is genuinely confused now. <laughs> well, who knows what month it is? Yeah, let's be honest. One of them sticking to the fact it's tomorrow. The other one's like, is it next month? Is it not tomorrow? No, look, looking forward to it. And I'm, again, I'm really appreciating the fact that I'm with them because normally um, Eastbourne week, so I'd be driving back, driving forward, seeing them going again. So I, I'm really appreciating the fact that we're all together as a family this year. So no, I'm looking forward to that. But enjoy being back at work. I hope you remember how to do it, how to analyse. <laughs> <laughs> What's that shot? For fear hand? Far back end? What is that? I've never seen that before. <laughs> um, and yeah, we were really looking forward to doing the pod this week. And as I say, I think that it will be interesting to see how the story is developed by next week. Absolutely. Right. I'm off to make cupcakes. Oh, so jealous. <laughs> I'll see you later. Enjoy. 